Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. Me and Josh are currently driving home from the game, so this is going to be a different episode. Um, Josh, why don't you go ahead and take it away since I'm driving right now? I mean, what is there really to say other than it was probably the worst performance in the history of the club? I mean, at least the last time we got blasted this bad in, in Atlanta, it was season one, and Atlanta had one of the better teams that we've ever seen in Major League Soccer. But this one, it's hard to explain how bad this one was from the very beginning. Now, there was a few underlying s- silver linings here, and one of them is just Mabadou Fall. He's my new favorite player. Absolutely. He's, re- he's replaced Thomas Romero in, in my, in my uh, favorite player list. But other than that, there's not much to talk about, in, in at least from the positive aspect. Yeah. Um, LAFC come out in their 3-4-2 or 3-5-2, 3-4-3 hybrid looking formation with Rossi in the middle, dropping into the midfield. Uh, I felt that formation as a, as a whole was ineffective. I thought that many of the players that started were ineffective. And you can just go down the line. Rossi, Edwards, Farfan, uh, Palacios in the first half before he was moved to left back in the in the second half. I thought Atuesta and Cifuentes didn't work well together in that two-man midfield. Um, honestly, I thought Rodriguez had a good game. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see him subbed off. But I, I, I really hope that's the end of the 3-5-2 at this point because there are not enough center backs and by not enough, I mean zero center backs on this roster. So you got to stop trying this nonsense. Except for my boy, Mamadou Fall, who is on his, on his way up. Yeah, but, but start him. Yeah. Start him if that's the case. But, I mean, I think when you look at this game, like you, know, you were talking about the way that the, the midfield just wasn't able to connect, you know, just nothing looked like it would connect. And I think the biggest thing is, like, the spacing just felt awkward in the formation, yeah. right? Often we talk about, you know, the – the, the listed formation is just a starting point in these different things. But this game felt like they just stuck in that, in that formation. But the, the space between the back line and the midfield just got wider and wider and wider. And so basically every time you see, you know, there's a couple of times where Blackman's trying to, you know, play out of, play out of a bad position, he's got to hit a 15-yard ball to even find the, feet, the foot of a midfielder. Um, and again, it's just – you're asking a lot of center backs who aren't center backs yep. really at, at that point. Not only that, but you see Atuesta dropping into the midfield or dropping into the back line as if he is now one of the center backs as well trying to connect because oftentimes you'd have Farfan so far over to the right with Blackman over towards the left trying to connect with Palacio. So you see uh, Atuesta having to drop in. That leaves Fuentes out of position as well in the midfield. Man, it was – it was honestly just a mess defensively and and building a possession. Raheem Edwards, I thought, played really narrow for the position that he was playing, which is left wing back. Um, and we were sitting right about the halfway line up high, so we had a good view of the field. And one thing that Josh and I kept talking about was what is Raheem Edwards doing so far in the midfield, even when the ball's on his side. Um, it's almost understandable if the ball's on the right side and he kind of tucks in a little bit to stay connected. But, man, that and it, it's not just him. There's no need to just pick on him. But it just felt like that formation was a complete disaster. Yeah, I mean, there, if, if you have guys that have been playing in this formation 
regularly from the very beginning and it's something that they they know how to connect with each other during it, so be it. But to try and play with guys, again, going back to it, without actual true center backs playing at the back and then also having a new forward up at the top with Rayuto starting um, alongside Vela at the top of the 3-5-2. You know, you just felt like there's a couple times where you just see Edwards trying to get, you know, Rodriguez to try to move to either cut out or come towards him. But again, but when they don't, now the spacing is just so wide. And then you see several times, you know, if you go back and watch, when they're trying to play play passes, again, you're having to connect it 10, 15 yards away as opposed to, you know, we're so used to LFC playing these neat little, you know, passing triangles a la Pat Guardiola in, in the rondos, you know, where – you know, even off of a long, you know, header off a long pass, they know exactly where they're directing that ball to. This one, it's like they're just hitting the ball into space and then hoping that someone gets on the end of it, yeah. which, again, is not going to be conducive to controlling the game. And against a team like, you know, SKC, they're going to they're gonna make you pay for it. So it's interesting that you bring up Pep because I feel like that's one of the problems with this formation in general is that your only whip really comes from your wing backs. And then everything is so narrow in front of them that you can allow the defense to stay really narrow. So your, your wing back either has to beat their man and force somebody else to step to them, or they got to play in through the middle and then back outside. But we didn't see that at all. And like you said, you know, Edwards is trying to pull Rodriguez further out wide so he can hit him on a pass. Now a pep, the reason pep is relevant to this is when he talks about the four, three, three, one of the things that he likes about it uh, is that you have two guys in every vertical of the field. So there's two guys on the left wing and your fullback and your left winger. And there's two guys in the half space on the left side and your center back and your left attacking mid. And so there's only two guys in each vertical. And I felt like everybody was on top of each other. And once Edwards, for example, does get on that ball, he's got no forward pass to make. It has to go back inside one way or the other. So you can just have two midfielders sit there and take out, basically mark out all the lanes. There's there's just no passing angles there. Well, and then and part of it too, right, is that like it just creates a ton of congestion yeah. in the middle of the field, right? How many times did you see a pass being made that was intended for someone, you know, one one man apart, and then they just happened to bounce off the of Sifu or happened to bounce off of, you know, Atuesta or some of that where, again, this – because of the, again, you're you're you you're just on top of each other, really, in the way that they're stacked up. You don't have that that ability to now pass and move, and, and get the defense to shift. They can just sit and and basically eat up, you know, and play the passing lane, as opposed to actually having you know being able to draw defenders onto you, which gets that puts places that horizontal and vertical stress on the opponent. Yeah. One of those one of those examples came early in the match. Tristan Blackman tries to play a ball through to, to Moon, who is kind of like behind Cifuentes, and Cifuentes cuts out the ball and then loses it because there's too much pressure there. That's why the ball was going out to Moon, right? And so and you see Blackman had to take an early foul. I don't remember. Was he carded for that? I don't remember if he was or not. But, I don't think so. Um Either way, it's like one of those moments where I think he has to, I think he has to pull, like, haul down Polito, who's then on the break. But that's one of those dangerous moments where, like, man, you, 
everything's congested, like you said, so they have to they have to do some emergency defending. Well, I mean, but isn't that basically the whole game is just defenders scrambling to get back into position and people just trying to dribble through crowds? Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the other thing too is when when you see how much space is now basically in between each of the you know each of the the lines of of offense right between the the fullbacks I mean the defense and the midfield how much how much dribbling had to be done to now connect the next pass yeah you know again it's not it doesn't serve you well because again you can't move the ball fast enough when you have to have the ball at feet right to actually do anything that's going to bother SKC you know again I I think I made the comment to you during the game that it, it there's a times when when Edwards and Rossi had the ball, it was like they had been playing their whole life. They've been used to playing FIFA on easy, and all of a sudden the difficulty got turned up again, and they ran into a defense that wasn't going to buy their nonsense. But, again, it's kind of what we've been seeing for Rossi for the last, I don't know, six months or yeah. so, where when when you have, or at least in the 3-5-2, right? Because I think when you're playing – out of the 4-3-3 and you have a center forward in between Vela and Rossi, what it forces, um, it forces the defense to have to, you to cover both, to, you know, to, to have to def- account for, the center backs have to account for at least two of the three forwards. Yeah. Right. So now it's generally leaving Rossi open on that back post. But what I think teams have started to figure out is that you can basically you don't have to defend with Rossi with more than one person, right? You leave if you leave a center back to defend Carlos Vela, you're asking for trouble. Yep. Defending Diego Rossi, especially if you watch this game, the whole game, SKC was happy for Rossi to pick the ball up in a one-on-one situation versus Graham Zusi, and Graham Zusi ate him, ate his, you know, just picked his pocket. Yeah, right? and, I mean you see it early. You see it early. He's on the break. Rodriguez is running free on the opposite side of the box, and the defender just delays. I don't know if it was Zuzi on this one, but the defender just delays, and Rossi ends up taking a horrific touch after deciding not, not to play the pass, the square ball, uh, and it, that's it, end of the end of play. So um, I think you are right that you can defend him one-on-one. Uh, you can make him predictable, and once you do, you can kind of force him to either take a bad touch or, or run out of space. Yeah, I mean, I think he he isn't, and I think him playing the ten kind of exposed a lot of his weaknesses, right? Because typically when he's on the wing, he's got at least a little bit more room to run, run at someone before they can they can eat that up. Whereas at the ten, right, where he drops in and picks the ball up in the midfield, and it is and then his task to either drive the ball forward or find the teammate, right? He doesn't have the requisite skills to be able to now make. A good pass and to find someone that's going to be able, you know, you know, to open someone up with with his ability there. It's just one of those things where now again, I I have to wonder what his, you know, it's weird to say it because again, I think he's he's come so far since we saw him in season one, but at the same time, has he hit a ceiling that, you know, like that normally you wouldn't see until he's already left. Yeah. Right. Like this is one of those things where you sell him before teams find out that he he can't do can't do these things. Yeah. Right. Don't you, expose him too much. Yeah. You you fleece a European team that's taking him for twenty million dollars, 
only for them to find out that he could never take anyone one on one. Right. So yeah. that's where I start to worry and wonder, um, you know, what will that, you know, when the time comes, what are you going to really get back? Because for the purpose of MLS, I'm not sure he's ever going to be more than what he is. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's hard to say too, because like you said, he's not playing the position that you, that he's best at, which is an extreme left winger who is very capable of cutting inside on his dominant right foot um, and beating you with pace. But without that center forward, you're exactly right. I mean, that's, they, he's not capable of doing those things because of how teams can defend the, the two-man front. And then he's also not the passer that Rodriguez is or, or Bela is, so he's not going to be really setting up a lot of other people either. So yeah, it does I mean, make it tough. Yeah, but the issue that we're going to run into now, right, is that this front this front line starts getting real crowded. Yeah. Right? yeah. Crowded with the guys that want the ball, yeah. right, and want and want to be able to do stuff with it, right? Arango doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to be happy when Rossi has wasteful chances, on, you know, in one-on-one situations, yeah. right? Dio was a guy that I could see visibly frustrated yep. at times when you see Rossi get a ball on the left side with him streaking down the middle of the field and he doesn't play that square ball across, yep. right? Um, Rodriguez is a guy that I think will do that, right? And I think will, it, alongside two, two strikers of the ilk of, of Arango and Vela will probably thrive. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's, that's now for this front office to figure out what the next move is. Right. And they're going to have to make a few more moves to be for this team to compete in the absence of Eddie Segura, you know, and again, fortunately it looks like Mario is back jogging. I think there was some footage of, from him prior to the game, uh, which is a good sign from a, from a rehab standpoint. Yeah. But again, like, you're not doing much, you know. I think Fall has the potential based on what we saw. Like, looks good with the ball at his feet. Has some nice touch. He had some. He had some excellent long service yeah. from the back line, like direct to the forwards over the top. So that's something that's that's promising. Obviously, that's not exactly how LAFC play. They're not really looking to play a whole lot of Route One ball, but um, that's that's in his bag. Yeah. But I mean, he probably needs to still gain 30 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yes. before, before he's a guy that can really make a difference, you know, you know, on a regular basis, you know, in the starting lineup. So, but I think I, the potential is there, right? I can see why. Yeah. It's that he's a guy that when he plays, you see why they signed him. Right. Right. When we right. haven't seen that from some of these, you know, like from some of the developmental guys that we've seen in the past, um, definitely think this is one of those ones where now the t- having a USL affiliate you know, that's going to give our guys regular time makes a huge difference. Yep. Um, you know, again, in these moments like this, right, the, it's really the reason why a Seattle can survive losing Jordan Morris and Ladero for extended periods of time. Um, yep. Because, or, and even, even roll down being out with the national team, right, like having a developed academy that can send guys up and can hold their own, you know, they're, again, they're not superstars, but they're not going to get played off the field the way that we did tonight. Right. So, right. Um, I think there's a, probably a couple other things that we, that we need to talk about before we get to questions. I think we learned a fair amount about some of the other guys. Uh, and you kind of talked about the front office already. One of those things that the front office has, has to do, has to do is sign 
a center back. And if Murillo's not going to be ready to go in a week, um, that guy needs to be a legitimate center back. And it's it's tough because they're going to be forced into it because of the ACL injury to Eddie Segura. But you're not going to win very many games if this is what you're trotting out. I think I think if you have Murillo and Blackman out there as your center backs, you're going to be okay. Um, I do think you might need to use Blackman at right back a little bit more this year than you anticipated because of what's increasingly looking like a, a liability with, with Moon on the on the right by himself, especially when he's playing right back and not right wing back. So that's that's got to happen. Um, and maybe, maybe you can lean on Fall as, as your third or fourth backup, but... Um, there, I, I really do think they're going to have to sign somebody because Marco Farfan, it's not fair to him to put him out on out at right center back. Like He didn't look good tonight, and it's also not fair to do to him at all. Um, and I think, you know, like we'll talk about this a little bit later too um, in the questions, but again, like he's he's, he's getting thrown under the bus, but I definitely think that, you know, Moon's lapses defensively have a yeah, large part of play in the way. And it's crazy, I think you mentioned those goals two and three, right, where it's just their inability to now string two passes together and just positioning more than anything from Moon um, is a huge part of giving up those, yeah. those two goals. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many times do we see him just get, he's either pinched far too inside and then just gives up a lane. Yeah. Um, and again, and now Farfan's having to come back out because Moon got beat. So, yeah. you know, it's a problem um, because you get for as good as he's been offensively and combining with Bella, he's been equally, if not more, like just as equally, if not more bad on on defense. Yeah, and I feel like the one thing that we should point out here real quick is this isn't this isn't to harangue these players or to try and say that they're no good. It's really to point out that. They're, they're holding this thing together with duct tape and bubble gum. Um, and I, I, we keep saying it, but you start five defenders tonight, four of whom are completely out of position. The, again, the only one that's in position when you start is Moon. Um, so this really does go back to the roster build. And this team was just not set up for success from the beginning without a number nine. And now you're in this this problem with uh with Rossi and Vela having to play out of position. Um, you you don't have enough center backs, and then you go to a three-man back line, and your center backs all go down hurt. So now it's even worse. Um, so that's, that's why we constantly bring this stuff up, is because that's the change that needs to happen. They have to sign players that are going to fit whatever it is that they're going to actually do to try and make it into the playoffs make a push into the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the way that the it's constructed, right, it's like it was built initially, the players you have on there are built to play 4-3-3, but then you switch to a 3-5-2 and then still don't bring in the players you need to be successful. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it boggles, you know, again, it, it, it's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but again, who are we really to understand this? We're just two guys that are leaving the game, inventing <laughs> on, on uh, Apple voice memos at the moment. Yes, yes. All right, well, 
let's get into some questions here. Uh, All right, I'll get them ready. No here. sense wallowing. I don't. So we don't get into a car accident. Yeah. Yeah, from Lionel Hunts, from Cheap Seat. Um, LEFC has to make decisions, either commit to the kids and risk more embarrassing performances like this, or bring in some vets to bring stability and back. Uh, based on the championship window with Villa, Rossi, and Atuesta, it has to be bringing events. I think if that's your core, like those three guys, um, you're 100% right. And like, yep. I mean, yep. you, like Kirk was saying earlier, you have to bring someone in that's ready to play now, given the injuries that you're dealing with, if that's your goal. Um, I think the likely plan if Maria was able to get back in a relatively timely manner is probably to play him and Blackman together. Yeah. Um, again, which isn't a bad move, but well, the, if you really want to shore up this thing defensively, it's what Kirk was saying earlier, bring in a veteran, you know, veteran center back in the mold of a Tim Parker or something like that, and move Blackman out to right back, and you're probably, you're you're back to that defensive solidity. And, you know, obviously, you, no one's going to be able to replace Eddie Segura, but I think your solidity is there with Blackman at right back. And then gives license for everyone else to kind of do what they got to do. Yeah, yeah, it's it it is tough. And to their credit, they don't seem to have completely folded yet and and given up. I mean, we we kind of talked about it online with some of the listeners, but getting into the playoffs is an extremely low bar. So LAFC are going to make the playoffs. Um, it's a matter of if this is your championship window, like Lionel was saying. That yeah, this is the time, and this is not going to do it. Like whatever, whatever just ran out there is not going to do it, and Eddie Segura is not coming back. So you got to sign somebody. Yeah. All right. For our next one, from Justin thirty three W, five at the back is dead. It has to be, especially with no healthy center backs. I've made comments over and over again that the starting having two starting. 11 quality center backs at the start of the year was going to come back. Uh, we're going to come back to bite us. Hope we find reinforcements or done. Yeah, I mean, same you thing. Same to you. 100% right. Um, hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, it's kind of the same thing we've been talking about. Um, you know what? Can I, I want to, this doesn't, this isn't exactly to Justin's point, but the five at the dead, the five at the back being dead thing, here's one of the reasons that I find it so difficult to, to make this jump. And again, we've seen them look okay, it pretty actually pretty good in this formation, you know, for a half here, half there. But when you think about all the different positions that are now different, uh, all three center back positions are different in the fact that they you have one sweeper, you have the two outside center backs that now have to dribble and, and beat their man one-on-one more frequently. You have wing backs that are now playing I mean, they're, they're arguably one of the closer roles, but then you have two midfielders in the middle that are kind of playing a dual pivot, which is different than what we do. You have a, you now need a number 10, which is different, and you have two strikers, which is extremely different than what we normally do in the 4-3-3. So you've built this 4-3-3 machine with LAFC. You've brought in all these players, and now you're asking them to do different, different things, and oftentimes significantly different things as a result. No. I mean, I'm happy to never have to see that formation ever again. Yeah. So hopefully this is a game that killed it off and get back to business. Um, from the shoe at Paul T. Greco, uh, were there any positives tonight? Standout second half sub to build for the future. Seems like the big transition has begun. 
I'm going to go out with my yeah. boy, Mama Duval. Yeah. Like, like the, the touch and the feet yep. are promising. Um, needs to gain 30 pounds. Um, beyond that, Rodriguez looked uh, good. He looked hungrier than he has in the past. Uh, had a couple of good balls for assists. Was in a good spot a couple of times for goals. And wasn't past the wall. Uh, but I thought I thought that was promising. Uh, I'd say cheeky defensively in the second half yeah. looks solid. Once like, he was back in position, when he's not yeah. playing left center back and he can actually do his thing from left back. To, I mean, one as a one-on-one defender, there is not very many guys as good as he is yep. on the team or in the, in the league for that matter in in space. I mean, he's just he's pretty good at doing that. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Let's see who else. Yeah, that great ball that Kusovsky absolutely for the goal. Like that was that was an incredible pass. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, again, it was just kind of a, it, it felt dead. I mean, like the there, people just felt out of sorts in the first yeah, half, and that's being kind. Um, and I said Janela. Yeah, Janela looked good. good in the second half. He does, and I will say the one thing that he does that we really like is his ability to take up space when it's available, right? So you'll see him pick up a ball. So Atuas drops in between the center backs to pick up to pick up the ball, or not in between, but drops towards center backs um, from the six. And when he finds Janela in space, when SKC wasn't up high pressing and and doing things, what you see Janela do differently than say Mark DK would is he'll take up that available space, draw a defender, and then make that yeah. next pass. And even, I, if, even if there's not vertical space, he'll take horizontal space. He'll just stay on the ball, on the ball, on the ball, until enough SKC defenders get annoyed with him, and then he'll release a pass once, two, or three. And there's a couple – there was one time that was real nice where you saw him field the on field. I think there's – SKC guy came up forward but didn't really press. So you see him shuttle the ball out to the outside. Draws a fullback, gets yes. around the fullback, and, around, then it, yeah. and then it springs. Um, and then it sprung Moon, I think, on for one of his early chances in the first half before we gave second up the fourth goal. Second half, yeah. yeah, right before we. I think it was the right before we gave up the fourth goal. Yeah, I think I think it's just then Moon gets into a one v one and turns the ball over. Yeah, we're on the ten, we're on the ten freeway, everybody. So now it's a little bumpy. So that's probably what you hear in my voice when I'm shaking traffic down the road. All right, our next question or our next comment here from Jeff Maka. Um, Farfad is the one being thrown under the bus. Um, we're not talking about Moon's mishap, defense mishaps, 1v1 in his own. Um, left Farfan 2v1, and then gets mad at Fall for the fourth goal. Um, also said, I think Bob was trying to keep the high press with Raito in the 4 5, five 3 2. Um, to some extent, but the field coverage worked. To extend the field coverage, both lost the midfield battle and our left and right center back getting double and triple teams. Yep. Yeah, I mean, but when the space between the two, between the midfield and the center backs is as big as it was, I mean, it's about to happen. Like, you're yeah. just putting, you're putting the center backs in a bad spot when, when you know, again, when our wingbacks are wildly pushed forward. And then also when they get the ball, aren't really tracking. I mean, when we're out of position, aren't tracking back nearly as much as they probably should, yep. given given the situation, right? Like, you would think that they would actually be in a five-three-two, right? Or yeah. a five, yeah, five-three-two. But th- this team doesn't play it like a five at the back. They play, yeah. Yeah. they play a, 
three four two or three four one two. Yeah. More often than not, and and those wing backs aren't really doing much de- defensively. Yep. Um, you know, and again, I felt like I said they, they you just didn't see them. They haven't given you much probably the last two and a half games, yeah, or so. Um, at least you know, like from what we were, everyone was starting to get excited about in terms of how Edwards and Moon had played. They've they've definitely hit a hit a hit a wall and have bounced in the complete opposite direction. Yeah, and the, I mean this again could be one of those things where it's just a factor of other teams catching up and knowing how to beat those two guys. Um, one thing that I really like that Jeff points out is it, it, this isn't just on Farfana. This is why I said earlier, like it's not fair to put him in the spot where both the system and his wingback are letting him down, right? And, and putting him in complete isolation. Um, and so I, I, on top of being a left-footed right center back who is actually a left back, um, so he's playing out. He's playing out of position. He's playing with a, a defensive liability who we have on the field because of his attacking prowess and Boone. And then the midfield, like we said, was confused about their roles, and, um, and now they're struggling. So it's it's unfair to put him in that position. Uh, and I hope we don't do that again. Yeah. So and our last one here from LAFC, KS Midwestern supporters. Um, this is embarrassing. That probably sums it up real well there. Yeah. Um, again, like we've, this is the first time we've seen this team get played off the field in such a bad way without having any valid excuses whatsoever. And at home too. At home, on 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 a full full rest. Yep. Had that a week right? of rest. You had a week of rest and training, and this is what you and this is the product. Um, I have to imagine right that you know there's going you're going to hear the calls and the people yelling. Yelling for Bob out and all these different things. Again, I, neither of us are there, especially given some of the circumstances that he's being put into. Having no center backs, I think, again for me, I, like I, I have been since the beginning of the season when things that haven't looked good. I think this one falls squarely on, on, on the front office for the roster building. Hundred percent. Again, the focus being. One hundred percent. The focus being on recouping. On recouping some of the losses or yeah, just recouping the investment again it's probably the better way to put it um, recouping the investment on your speculation on your speculation as opposed to um, trying to build towards winning in the near future yeah. right so I think again like we've heard from many a source that you know the expectation I think Thorin did talked about it in one of his interviews with um, you know one of the bins or one of the other podcasts, the expectation was that Rossi and was probably going to be sold by now, right? And I think that was probably right to those expectation as well, which now puts them in a bad spot where they're kind of redundant in terms of how they play. Um, to be fair, I actually think right is a better fit with Carlos Vela and Arango moving forward as a guy who has is a clear dis- is, is, is a guy who can actually distribute underneath the two strikers as opposed to a guy who again is looking for one one v ones and again when we've seen Rossi go on these streaks where he'll score six goals in three games and then go you know put up a donut for nine games right after yeah. that. So again I think this is one of those situations where again the front office is 
kind of put the team in a lurch um, in terms of how, just because again they're, they're either they held a little bit too long and now you have to deal with the consequences of that. Um, but you're also dealing with human beings, right? And I think that's the one thing, you know, when that's different than, you know, again, when you're dealing with some of these guys with their, you know, with their MBAs, right? The expectation is when you put in, what the business guys see is that we put in an investment, we expect to see a return on the investment, you know? But what you don't predict is that some of these guys have their, you know, have their eyes on another move. And, it, and as being human beings as they are, Right, it, it's it's going to have an effect on their play, right? Especially when they're in their early twenties, right? Because we've probably all been there, right? And I've seen and thought the grass is always greener on the other side, and you know sometimes when you realize that it definitely isn't. But um, in this case, right, the we kind of have to see what what's next, right? Like tomorrow is a big day. Tomorrow, I think, is the close of this. Uh, of the primary, no, primary is secondary. Window. So the secondary window MLS. closes. So there will be no changes until after playoffs tomorrow, at least incoming ones, right? There's so yeah. many guys that are sold on. Um, I think until the at least if they're going to England, it's like we can go through second week through August. It's right? the second week of August, I think. Whatever the day one of the Premier League, the thing shuts. Okay. So the, the Friday before Premier League starts is when the, the window closes in for most of Europe, and I believe Italy and a couple of them will drag on like another week or two yeah, after yeah. that. But generally, I think with the majority of Europe, um, their window closes in, in, in basically two weeks after us. Yeah. One thing so, I will say about that is when we brought in Brian Rodriguez, that was announced after the transfer window had already closed. So LAFC have done this in the past with a couple of their signings where they'll they'll wait till the very last minute to announce. Um, I don't know if it's an abundance of caution or they're still trying to like push these deals over the line right before the end of the transfer window. But and I feel like it was almost two days later that we heard about Brian Rodriguez officially. Or not even officially, but like the, the rumors actually hit. Like, oh, by the way, this happened at the end, yeah, into um, the transfer window. So you never, you never know with LAFC because they, it, it often does come down to the wire. Cheeky was the same way, right? Where I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until they announced their Fuentes, and it was like, oh, all of a sudden, Cheeky Palacios is coming too. Also, right. And again, like most of these deals will get done because I think. Agents have them are shopping people left and right in different yeah. leagues and the different situations, and so what the again like you know, sometimes you're not really sure if the paperwork's going to get filed until yeah. the very last minute. So again, I believe it probably closes at like usually it's like 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Eastern or something like that. So I would assume by somewhere between 11 and 12 tomorrow. We'll probably have a better idea of what this team's going to look like yep. for the next couple, yep. you know, over the for the rest of the season. And Bob did say just a few days ago that this team could look vastly different. Yeah, but we didn't expect it. By vastly different, he mean he meant by he would be terrible on the field, <laughs> getting getting murdered on the field four and one. Um, yeah, the last thing I want to say is all of this. Uh, all of these like suggestions, criticisms, whatever you want to call them, um, 
it's pointing out the flaws that exist in the team that are going to keep them from really contending in the playoffs. And um, I think if you you can excuse away this loss or at least the, the gravity of this loss by saying we don't have center backs. You know, our, our center backs are injured right now. But like you said, it goes that goes back to the front office for having uh, quite literally nobody as a as a backup center back um, in, in the mix. So that's that's who the onus is on for me to fix this. And they have 24 hours to do so, like you said. So, Josh, you got anything else for tonight? No, well, I think we've probably um, said our piece, and again, it's until. You know, again, it's one of those ones where, you know, the the way that Major League Soccer sets up is really a tale of three seasons, right? Yeah. So what what happens tomorrow will really determine, you know, or at least give us a better idea of what what our intentions and our goals are for this particular year. Yeah. Right? And so you know, at least the at least you know what we there's an there should you know. There's a, there's enough there that you can you, like you say hit that low bar of making the playoffs right it's you know there we don't have the incentives that the NFL or the NBA does where you can suck for a draft pick right um, and it's really gonna matter because yeah you know again the draft is relatively inconsequential at this point um, and we've probably traded away all of our super draft picks for, <laughs> for international for, slots and gam right at this point so. Yeah, so I mean, again, it's it's. I'm gonna reserve my full judgment until about what what's what to expect for the rest of the year until the transfer window closes. Um, you know, again, I think we're we're expecting more more dominoes to fall, especially after today. Yep. Um, what that'll be, I don't know. But you know, again, uh, I don't. Based on what we've come to learn from this team and. And the people that run it, right? The expectation is is not what we saw tonight. The expectation yeah. is very much, you know, like it's we're not dealing with a Stan Kroenke or or a you know Lamar Hunt where they with team wins or loses, there's not really much of much care or attention paid to it, right? Like I think most of the people that we have involved with this team have an have an overall, you know goal of making sure that this thing is successful. Yeah, I mean, they, they set the standard, right? They, and that's one of the reasons that we like this team, is because they set a high standard uh, that's exciting to watch them chase. It's kind of like uh, Ray Berhalter with the U.S. Men's National Team, right? He says he wants to play possession football, uh, and he's getting results not by playing possession football, so we're happy about the results and the trophies, of course. Um, save the discussions for whether you know what kind of what kind of soccer he's actually playing later, but um, right now LAFC aren't exactly living up to their stated goals. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's something to be said by you know like holding to your principles, but also being pragmatic. Yeah, right now. And I I wonder if at some point we'll we'll see pragmatic Bob resurface. Right, it's been it's been about 15 years since we've probably seen that um, since he's gone through. His, you know, his, I don't know what he did, what, what he went on an ayahuasca trip or something like that, where <laughs> he, he realized that total football was the way to go. But, you know, now like, I want to do ayahuasca with yeah. Bob Bradley. But I won't lie, to, to have, I, w- I wouldn't have been mad to see 
to see U.S. national team 4-4-2 Bob Bradley in tonight's game just sit back and absorb and, you know, and get out of there and get to the deadline yeah. uh, without being embarrassed. But, again, maybe it's a statement to, to really show what the, what he's dealing with and yep. you know, to let him know it's not enough. So, you know, again, professionals, especially within sports, act in very strange ways sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see what, what, what ends up happening in the long run. All right. Well, thank you for hanging with us uh, as we drive home on the freeways of Los Angeles. Uh, we know the audio quality is not going to be good. Thank you for sticking with us through uh, through this kind of weird episode. Um, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. Follow Josh. LAMC Josh on Twitter. And me at Kirk Kinsey. And we will talk to you all next time, hopefully after a much better result. Good night.